Hey guys, it's Rachel here, and on this week's episode of the Rise Together podcast, I'm going solo. I'm going rogue. Actually, I'm doing a response episode to Dave's podcast called What Men Want. If you didn't hear that a few weeks ago, Dave laid out all of the things that he believes men really want in a relationship, and come on, girls, boys, you know I had to do a follow-up. So today, I'm doing what women actually want. And before we get into this podcast, it's important that I preface, I think you're all clever enough to understand this, but it's important that I preface that this is what I want. So there are all kinds of women in the world, and certainly there are plenty of women who will not identify with the things that I think women want. But keep that in mind. Maybe you're going to hear some of the things that I actually want and go, dang, yes, that is me. Preach. And maybe others you won't get at all. But this is what I, Rachel Hollis, actually want out of a relationship, out of a partner. And I'm recording it today because if there are things that you hear me say as a woman that you really wish your partner, if they're a man, could understand about you, then this is the episode to send along. This is the one to start a conversation. If you're a man and you're listening to this episode, this is definitely worth asking the lady in your life what she wants. Hey, do you agree with this? Are these five things what you would say you want? Or is there something else entirely? As always with the Rise Together podcast, our intention is to create conversation starters. We hope that by talking about the things that go on in our relationship, it gives you the language and the insight to talk about what's going on in yours. So let's jump in to the five things, according to Rachel, that women really want. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. The first thing that I'm going to say is probably the one that other people may or may not agree with, but we're going off me here. So the first thing that I really want out of a partner, and I actually think most women want out of a partner, is to be pursued, to be pursued. Said another way, I want some dang romance in my life. Dave is the king of saying, uh, when people ask like, what's the one thing you'd say to someone who's getting married? What's the one thing that you'd say to a man? He'll say, always pursue your wife. Keep dating your wife. Keep um, keep the romance alive. And I have to think that the reason he brings that up so much with others is because it's such a big deal for us. Pursue your partner. And one million percent, I think men want to be pursued too. I think this goes both directions, but we're not talking about both people today. We're talking about the ladies. We're talking about me. And for me, 
don't laugh at this, but this is the honest to goodness truth. I read two kinds of books in the world. Literally, only two kinds of books. The first is nonfiction, business books, self-help books, personal development books. You guys know this is my jam. I'm always working on myself. I'm always trying to be a better version of me. That is what I spend most of my time reading. And then I spend the rest of my time reading romance novels. Go ahead, laugh it up. Roll your eyes, think that I'm dumb. I do not care. Look, everybody has to have their guilty pleasure, right? Some people watch, you know, I don't know, the Kardashians. Some people, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what other people's guilty pleasure. Mine is reading romance novels. And just so we're clear, yes, I've read the highbrow. I've read the, you know, Bronte. I've read the stuff that people aren't embarrassed of. But when I tell you that I read romance novels, most of the time, I am reading a historical romance novel where a duke is falling in love with a blue stocking. If you don't know what that means because you don't read those kinds of books, a blue stocking is sort of like um, a, a well-read woman back in the day who nobody cared about because she, her nose was always in a book. But of course, in my books, the duke sees through her bad dress and her bad hair and he sees the beauty. Yes, I am reading the cheesiest, most ridiculous things you can possibly imagine. That is how I decompress. I work really hard, like from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. I am going, I am working so hard for this work, for this community, taking care of my kids, doing all the stuff, right? When I decompress, I just want to read fluff. I want to read something that makes me happy, but there is a reason that I'm reading romance when I could read anything at all. And that's because I love it. I love it. it. makes my heart so happy. I love that there's always a happy ending. I love that, you know, I love the first kiss. I love when he asks her to marry him. I love in the epilogue when they like have a baby. I am here for it. And I wouldn't be reading that kind of thing if I wasn't wanting to experience romance in every part of my life. So what I would say to you, if you are with a partner who wants to be pursued, who wants that romance element in your life, and if you don't know if that's your partner, please do not assume. Do not assume that the answer is no. You should absolutely ask. But if you are with someone who wants that in their life, then my best advice to you is to find out what your partner's love language is. Now, if you are not familiar with love language, it is an incredible book. It's been on the New York Times list for like five years, and we did such a great episode. It's one of the most popular episodes of the Rise Together podcast with Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote the book, and he explains all about love language and how it works. But the gist is that all of us have a way that we love on other people. Maybe it's by doing something nice for them. Maybe it's physical touch. Maybe it's giving hugs or rubbing someone's back. Maybe it's acts of service, like when someone gets your oil changed. There's all of these different ways that you can express your love. The thing that throws off most couples is that we love others the way we wanna be loved. Let me say that again. We love others the way we want to be loved. Now, if both you and your partner have the same love language, amazing. 
because you're literally speaking each other's language. But if you don't have the same love language, that's where things get thrown off. That's where, you know, your husband had your tires rotated and your oil changed and he thinks that he's taking care of you. He thinks that he's, you know, he's showing you love because his language is acts of service. And you're over there crying in a corner because your love language is words of affirmation. Like you actually want to hear him say, baby, I love you. You're so beautiful. You want those things. He And you're over there crying going like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't show me that he loves me. And it's like, no, he is showing you that he loves you. He's showing you in his way. So if you know your partner's language, it is so simple to love on them to pursue them, to be romantic with them in the way they want to be loved. So, pursuit, romance, that's what I want. We've been together 15, no, we've been together 17 years. We've been married for 15 years. And I still want him, like we have a date night every week. Every Thursday night, we still, we have a date. It's just a, it's a thing. I actually love it. Like it makes my toes curl when he asks me if he can take me to dinner. When he asks me, he'll send me a text and be like, oh, baby, can I take you on a date tonight? Even though the date is planned. Because that that intention, that pursuit, that's what it felt like when we were first dating. Sit with me in this for a minute. If you treated your relationship today like you were still in the first six months of dating, how different would life be? Like there's this old quote, if you treat your relationship like it's in the beginning, there won't ever be an end. Because you're, as much as we change and grow and whatever, and as much as there are different responsibilities and pressures on us as a couple, we're still those kids, right? We're still those crazy kids who fell in love and, and decided to make a go of it. And there's something so special about that pursuit. So when he can show up for me in the ways that I think of romance and, and, and sit with this for a second, when he can show up for me in the ways that I think are romantic, then I can show up for him. Then I just like, it just, it's it's sort of this, he does this thing and then I, I meet it. Like I will show up for him in the way that feels romantic to him. And I'm going to say this right now. If you got a kid in the room, get him out of the room because I'm going to talk about real things right now. Three, two, one, it's too late. Here I go. Romance for me looks like, you know, the text message asking me out on a date. It looks like him picking a friend restaurant. It looks like him sending me flowers for no reason. That's what romance looks like for me. What romance looks like for him is like lingerie, a good bra. You know what I'm saying? Like I actually shaved my leg above the knee. You know, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. I know nobody wants to hear that, but y'all know it's true. He has a very different perception of what is romantic to him. Romance to him is sexy. It's like things that are sexy. Romance to me are like romance. It's the things that make my heart go pitter-patter. It's when he writes me a little love note and tucks it in between my laptop. Like, And I open up my laptop and there's this beautiful note from him. That's what romance looks like to me. So 17 years together, I still want it as much, if not more, than I did when we first got together. The second thing that women actually want 
is some freaking help. Can we get some help around here? Hello. Can we get some help? Please don't roll your eyes. If you, if, okay, now, hold on. Let me say this. I am married to a partner who is a true partner. Dave is as much a parent to our children as I am. Dave does as much with our children as I do, straight up. That is, he is incredible. He is such a good dad. He is as present today. Like, he is there as much as I am. He's doing the class stuff. He's going to the school performance. He's taking them to soccer. Like, he is fully present in that way. Um, I know that there are a lot of people listening to this who don't have that for whatever reason. And maybe you play different roles in your family and that's, you guys get to decide. But if you are in a relationship and one of you, listen to me, if one of you is a stay at home parent, the other one who's, who's working, and I know, gosh, guys, come on, there's not a bigger hustler on the planet than your girl, Rach. So I know that those of you who are working are working real hard and you come home and you're exhausted. I promise you, listen, I promise you that no matter how tired you are, it's not as tired as the person who stayed at home today with the kids. There's no way. You know it too, right? You can roll your eyes and be like, no, you don't know how physically demanding my job is or how stressful. No, 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 no. You know it because you know that when you have to be home, if you were at home with the kids for you know nine hours by yourself, even if there's only one, you you want to ram your head into the wall. I, I know, listen, those of us who want to stay at home and have the ability to stay at home, that's the calling, that's the mission, it is a beautiful mission. But those of us who are outside of the house who choose not to stay at home with the kids, you know how tiring that is. So you need to be asking your partner, babe, how can I help you? What can I do? And if she says or he says like, no, 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 I don't know. I'm good. I don't do not let someone get away with playing the martyr. And friends listening to this, stop playing the martyr. Stop taking it all on yourself and then feeling bitter about it. Stop having your partner ask you if they can help you and you, no, 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 I got this just so that you can be pissed off later because man, no one really understands me. Uh, you know, ask yourself, do you have a partner that's not being helpful at all? Or what is way more likely, this happens a lot, is that your partner is trying to help, but you don't want the help because it's showing up in a way that you're not interested in. The example I always give is uh, when I was first married, a woman that I knew, an older woman who had been married for a long time, I said, you know, what advice would you give to me as a newlywed? And she said, let him fold the towels however he wants to fold the towels. Let him fold the towels, dude. How many of you have your partner showing up like, oh, can I fold this laundry? He starts folding. You're like, no, that's not how we do it. We fold the towels in a trifold pattern over the top so it looks like some, like he's trying to help and you're pissed because his help doesn't look as pretty as your help. And you know what? If you want to act like that, if you need your partner to show up for you exactly how you would do it to get some help, you don't deserve the help. I'm just going to say it straight up. You don't deserve it. If someone is truly trying to show up for you 
and you can't accept their help because it doesn't look right. How many, how many of you are doing this with your kids right now? You want his help with the kids. You want to be able to go to dinner with your girlfriends. You're like, but when I'm not at home, he lets the kids eat chips and he puts them to bed late and, you know, the diaper was on funny. You know what? Did you have to change the poopy diaper? No? Then be quiet. Did you have, did you, but did you get to go have fun with your friends for three hours? But did you get to go to the gym? But did you get to go walk around Target by yourself? What do you care? Are the children alive when you got home? Are they alive? Then calm down. Number, the other thing I would say is like, they're his kids too. Your, your way isn't right just because you're the mama. Some of you need to hear that right now. Your parenting isn't perfect just because you're the one that's with them most. They are doing the best they can most of the time. And I know certainly there are those of you who are struggling in your relationship. You've got a partner that's not showing up in the way that they should. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a partner who is trying, man. He is trying so hard to support you. And eventually, he's going to stop. That, that was what this woman told me that day. She said, when we were first married, every time he tried to help me with the laundry, I would just nag him to death. I would harass him. I'd be so annoying about how to fold the stinking towels. And then one day, he threw down the towels. And she said, it's been 15 years. And he has never helped me with the laundry since. Come on. They are trying to show up for you. And look, your partner, fella, if you're listening to this, your partner needs help. And hopefully that little coaching session of me means that she's going to accept your help no matter how subpar it is, no matter how bad your folding skills are. We're going to recognize that your partner is doing the best that they can. If you need some help, you better ask for some help. If you don't know how to ask for help, there is an entire chapter literally called How to Ask for Help in my new book, Girl, Stop Apologizing. If you haven't read it, don't be dumb. Go read that chapter. If you're listening to this and you're like, no, my wife's killing it. Like she's got, no, 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 no. She needs some help. Even if she doesn't have kids, she needs some help. What Dave and I will often ask each other is like, how can I show up better for you this season? How can I show up better for you this month? And sometimes it'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I would really love a little bit more romance, a little bit more date nights. And other times that's like, if you, I'm really struggling. I would really love a chance to get together with my girlfriends once a month. Can we commit to that now as a couple and of course, when you're doing so, of course, yeah, of course we can. But if you don't sit back and ask, how can I better help you? You're never going to get the answer that you need. Um, the other thing that I want to say on this, we really struggled when we were first married, and we've talked about this quite a bit, but we both came from families that had a very traditional structure for what a man does and what a woman does. And at the time, we didn't have kids. We were both working full time, but because we had grown up in a home where we both grew up in homes where the the woman, for the most part, was in charge of the homes, both our moms, the woman was in charge of the home, and then the, the man was in charge of like work and providing for the family, all of a sudden we found ourselves in this place where we're both working full time. 
working our butts off. Like we, and we were early in our careers. So it wasn't like one of us was making so much more. Like, no, we were both early in our careers, hustling to, you know, make our paychecks. But I was the one ultimately responsible for the house and the groceries and dinners. And I remember, I mean, we had to come to Jesus uh, about a year into our relationship where I was just like, I can't do this by myself. And Dave, and I fought him on this for a while, but I actually, like, I fully support it now. He was like, I do not want to help you clean the house. He's like, I have this certain amount of time at nights and on weekends when I'm not working, and I do not want to spend it cleaning. Rachel, that's just not what I want to do. But I will happily pay for a housekeeper. He's like, and he was in charge of our budget. He's like, I will find the money in our budget to make it possible that you can have someone come here once a month and clean the toilets and the bathtub so you're not spending an entire weekend doing a deep clean. And I was so pissed at the time because I was like, why can't this guy help me? And like, he just wants to throw money at the problem. And I give up and man, man, do I get it now. Like, I get it now. And I see women do this all the time. We have friends who do this where the wife stays at home and she really wants more help from her husband. And he's like, awesome, let's hire a babysitter so that you can have a couple hours a few times a week to go do what you want to do. He like tries to support her by hiring help and she's pissed because she's like, I don't want help. I want him to want to do it. But I think it's so much more powerful that he is like, he know like, this is not my thing. We all have the things that we can do, want to do, light us on fire. And I think that if you are pursuing a goal or a dream or whatever, and you need some help in another area, you are going to have to let go. Just like with the towels, you are going to have to let go of the idea that maybe your partner is going to do it. Does that make sense? Like it can't always like it. Once again, you're trying to control the narrative. You're saying, I want your assistance, but then they're like, great, here's a babysitter. And you're pissed because you're like, well, I wanted you to want to stay home with the baby. What is it? If you want your partner to have a closer bond with your kids, that's a totally different conversation than you getting some help. And some of you are confusing the two. Some of you just need a break. You just need a break. So commit to it, man, even even an hour. If you don't have the money for a babysitter, even just trading with another family would give you some perspective. Hey, fellow mom, I'll watch your kids for two hours on Tuesday. You watch my kids for two hours on Thursday, but let's get a break in our lives. So for what it's worth, if you have a partner who is wanting to help, but maybe it's not them, they're not personally wanting to do it, I don't think that's a reason to get frustrated. I think get the help that you need and then address the other issues later. I'm also recording this in my son's bedroom and Noah is about to go down for a nap. So she is crying. So if you hear her in the background, I apologize. But that is my husband, my present husband, uh, meaning (laughs) not current husband, present husband, meaning a husband who's very present and is uh, taking care of the kids so that I can get some work done. Uh, The third thing, this is again, I think this one's going to be a little bit controversial and probably 
will surprise you. I think that this is kind of surprising. I think that people would be surprised to know that my number one, like literally, my number one thing that I actually want is for my husband to take care of me. Now, let me be real clear. I don't need my husband to take care of me financially. I don't need my husband to run my life. I love, 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 love when Dave does caring things like a cup of coffee in the morning, uh, refilling my water bottle for me, uh, having my gas tank filled up, um, just doing things that say, I'm taking care of you. And I think that that's really interesting because you guys know me. I am like my own woman. I am building my own things. I am creating my own stuff. I am doing all this work. But like, I want to be taken care of. I want someone to open the door for me. I want, you know, I I don't know. That's my thing. And I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see me, being taken care of looks like different things for different people. But for me personally, I was the baby of four children. And I've talked about this a lot in my books, but I really didn't have a traditional childhood and that I did not have parents who took care of me. I didn't. Uh, Nobody checked to see how I was getting home from school. Nobody made my lunch. Nobody made sure that I did my homework. Nobody, nobody took care of me. And by the time I, I mean, from a very early age, because at that point now my mom was working outside of the house, from a very early age, I got myself up for school. I made my lunch. I walked to school by myself. I walked home. I was a latchkey kid. I was home alone. You know, maybe I was getting, like, I just, I didn't have it. And every family is different, and this is not an attack on my parents. They were dealing with their own stuff, but I didn't have that as a child, and so I savor it as an adult. Like, I, you know, when I'm sick and he makes me soup or he checks on me, like, it sounds so cheesy, but it is it is the most precious relationship in my life because I never had it before. I've said many times to him, I've said it, I've written it in my books, I wrote it into our wedding vows, like he really felt like my first real family because he was the first one who cared if I was sick. He cared if I was exhausted. He cared if my water bottle wasn't full. And it doesn't take much, but for me, that's a huge deal. I don't, like I said, I don't need him to take care of us financially. And maybe some of you, that is a, a, a hope for you or how your relationship is structured. I fully support whatever works for you guys. But I think it's important to understand how does your partner want to be cared for? Like, what does it look like to be cared for by your partner? And what what way could you take care of her that is how she wants to be taken care of, not how you do? But how she, again, kind of going back to the love language, how does she want to be cared for? The fourth thing, we're going to talk about it now because come on, 
I know that this was one of Dave's topics. Um, when he did his version of this podcast, of course, he said what men want is sex. They want sex. And what I think is very interesting is when I was making the list, like, what do I really want out of my romantic relationship? I'm going to use it. I want you to notice the word that I use here. I want good sex. Women want good sex. We don't just want sex. We want, in fact, we don't even want good. We want great. We want exceptional. We want to curl our toes. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I just embarrass myself. Uh, but, But we want, we do want it, but it has to be good. And the reason I use the word good is because what, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but my husband feels like all sex that you could possibly have, like any kind, any way, any place, any style. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it doesn't matter. He is here for it. It's all great as far as he is concerned. But great means something different to me than it does to him. And this is important. Like if you are a man and you want to have more sex with your lady, it's not that she doesn't like it. It's that it needs to be better. And that's not on you, by the way. You know there's a whole chapter on on sex in Girl, Wash Your Face. If you guys are curious about how bad our sex life used to be and how we work to make it incredible. But if, if you're like, man, I wish that my wife wanted to have sex more often, then I'm going to tell you that the answer is incredible sex. Because if it's incredible, she's going to want to have it more often. The problem is that too many of us get into a place, and by the way, this was me and Dave too, too many of us get into a, a, a cycle of like, he wants to have sex, she doesn't really want to have it, she's going to break him off a piece, I'm doing air quotes again, you know what I'm saying, she's going to break him off a little piece, she's not really into it. She's kind of just like, let's get it over with, which is the worst. If you are a woman and you are doing that, it is the worst for your partner. They would rather you just not do it than do it and not be into it. Like this idea of you want to have more sex, then have better sex. And so maybe you're listening to this like, I am in, Rachel. All I want is to have exceptional sex with my wife. Awesome. The 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 hard part is that in order for her to have exceptional sex, she's going to have to work on it. Ladies, are you listening to me? Assuming, this is assuming that there are no, there's no past trauma or anything that would prohibit you from enjoying your sexual relationship with your partner, then it's going to be work. And again, the, I, I'm, like, go get it from the library. You don't have to buy the book. But in Girl, Wash Your Face, there's an entire conversation about exactly what I did. But the big the, the, the big catalyst for change in our relationship and in our intimacy was, one, I had to commit that we were going to have great sex. Me, not him. I had to commit. Because for a man, I think most of you men are smart enough to understand this. But if you're not, let me blow your mind real quick. For you, having great sex is physical. For us, having great sex is mental. It's emotional. 
It's the connection. It's what's going on in our head. It's the, and because yours is physical and ours is mental, you can get there like three times faster than we can. And when you're the lady and let's say you're like me, I had never had sex before I had my husband, right? So whenever we, I don't know how it's supposed to go. I don't know what's supposed to happen. So when it takes longer than you think that it should, you get way into your head about, oh my gosh, is it taking too long? I don't, I'm not, and then you, it's like you talk yourself out of enjoying it because you're in your head. Or remember, this is mental for us. So maybe everything's going, and then you're like, oh, my body, my, you know, my body doesn't look the same after having the kids or like my boobs or this or, but I, first of all, ladies, I promise you, he doesn't care. When, when I had my, you know, beautiful, young, newlywed body, and when later when I had my three breastfed children body, the whole time I take off my shirt, the only thing my husband's thinking is like nipples. Like he, <laughs> he does not care, dude. He, he is so happy that you decided to show up to the party. Like he is not like, oh, the saggy, but he's not looking at that. He's like, oh my gosh, I might get lucky. That's all he's thinking about when you take your clothes off. But it's important that fellas understand why for us, it's such a mental thing. So, so many things it's by, why, by the way, it's why have you ever, uh, gone out to dinner and had a couple glasses of wine and then you come home and you, she has the greatest sex of her life. Do you understand why? It's because she's not in her head. It's because that wine numbed her out enough. She's not thinking about all the things. She's just thinking about having a good time. Now, the answer is not that you drink a bottle of wine every single time you want to have fun. That is not the answer. The answer is that you two are going to have to have conversations. Oh, bless it. I mean, look, I'm 36 years old. I have four kids. I still blush when we have to talk about the things. But the only way that it's going to get better is if you have honest conversations. That means conversations outside of the bed. So um, the way that I really recommend, and we have a whole episode on sex. I think we actually have more than one. We have a whole um, like conversations about all the things. But what I would recommend here, if you haven't heard us talk about it before, is um, ladies, I think that when you're dealing with a fella, the best thing that you can do is praise the stuff that you really like. So um, how this looks for me that I like worked up the courage to do it was not when we were in the middle of a makeout session. Uh, let's say we're driving down the road or we're having dinner or whatever. I would say something like, you know, I really love it when you do this or like, oh, when you did that, like, oh, when you kiss my neck, like that felt, that really turned me on when you kiss my neck. I don't know. I'm making this stuff up. But A, it sort of gives him some direction like, oh my gosh, she really liked that. And by the way, unless you're married to a total jerk, the only thing he wants is for you to like that time together in bed. Ask your, ask your man. He will, he is nodding right now. Somewhere men are nodding. They're like, yes, all I want. Because it makes them feel like, oh my, you are just incredible. Like you're the king. You're so good at this. But they have to know what you like. And they're never going to know what you like if you don't actually tell them. So I recommend outside of the bedroom, you tell them, and 
inside. And the other thing that I think you can do, fellas, in this situation is ask. Ask them, not not in the middle of your time together, but like, um, let's say it was really good. Like something happened and I don't, you know, who knew the earth just moved, the presence of the Lord came into the bedroom, something happened, but it was just a real, Dave, when that happens, Dave's like, can you walk me through what made that different than the last time? And I'm like, I never really know right away, but when, and then I'm, he'll ask and I'll be like, oh, oh, you know what it was? It was this thing. Like you did this and then you did that. And he's like in his brain taking notes. So he's adding sort of all these things to his toolkit. You're going to have to talk about it. And I know it's embarrassing. Or maybe, maybe not for all of you, but for me, it's still embarrassing to talk about new things. But that's how that intimacy grows. That's how it get, gets better. There's so much advice in Girl, Your Face. If you haven't read it, go grab it read that chapter and it'll help you if this is an area. But the the big highlight here is women want to have sex too, but it's got to be good for us. We don't just want to have sex. We want to have great sex where we have at least one orgasm, if not two. There, I said it. Send your letters to someone else. I'm already embarrassed that I just used that word on the internet. All right, last thing. The number five, the fifth thing that women actually want. Someone who is on their level. Someone who's on their level. And I don't mean that you are into the exact same things, but I mean that you are in alignment on your values. So uh, let's say uh, the example I always use for this is like a health journey. So many women want to get healthy. It's really important to them. And I do everything in my ability to encourage women to pursue the best version of themselves, even if they don't have the support of their partner. But what we really want is to have the support of our partner. What we really want is that you want to be on the health journey with us. What we really want is that you care as much about being bonded with these kids as we do. What we really want is that you're as committed to getting out of debt as we are. What we really want is that you want to grow as a person just like we want to grow as a person. We can do it without you. We can do it without you, but what we really want is for you to do it with us. And if you're not aligned on values you run the risk that your partner will outgrow you. You run the risk that your partner will outgrow you. It's why so often our partners, we just did this episode on sabotage. It's why so often our partners will either intentionally or unintentionally sabotage our efforts to change because they're freaked out about this idea that we're gonna change. But what I would encourage you to be mindful of is You're so worried that she's going to change and that if she changes, it means like she won't want you anymore or she'll move past you. And the easiest answer in the whole world, even if it's hard, is that you commit to grow as well. Dave said this to me at, at the end of last year. He was like, I just had an epiphany. He's like, it's crazy. We've been together this long 
And I, he's like, I'm just realizing this. He's like, it is not that hard for me to figure out what it is you want in your partner. All I have to do is look and see what you are doing in a day. What do you value? You're working out. You're reading books. You're, that's what matters to you. He said, and any time that I do it even a little bit, anytime I take an interest even a little bit in what you value, the response from you is so over the top. Like you're so excited that I'm in it with you. He's like, I'm forgive me that it's taken me 17 years to figure that out. We just want someone who's on our level. You don't have to know the answers. We just want a partner to hold our hands and work through it with us. Because this work, this this attempt to grow, this personal development, this is tough. We want to do it as a team. So those are five things. Those are five things that I think women really want. If you are a woman and there's something else entirely, you, you don't vibe with this at all, awesome. Now you know you have a conversation starter. Go to your partner and be like, this crazy chick thinks that I want to be taken care of. I don't want to be taken care of. I want this, that, or the other. Great. Go have a conversation. And if you're a man, you know, she likely listened to that episode from Dave saying what men want. So you've heard it now. Go talk to her. What does she really want? How can I better take care of you? And look, you might not be able to do all five at once, but even improving in one area of your life and one area of your relationship will change everything that comes next.